Thanks, Benilla. Okay, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I want to say to all the fathers, you know, the, one of the greatest blessings God can give you is to be a father. I've learned that over the years, the, gra- the greatest blessing, because God himself is a father. And as you become a father, you are able to imitate God. And it's a great blessing. Jesus taught us to pray to God the Father. And I just got this little message here today. And Father, as I speak today, Father, we just ask that you, Father God, would remind us what a good father you are. And Father God, you would help the fathers here today to understand how to be a father as you are a father to us. I pray it in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John 15, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. And he says, Keep my commandments. You who abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I just read that passage because this is a passage where Jesus didn't have any physical children, but Jesus had spiritual children. Like Paul later said, You have many instructors, but not many fathers. In the kingdom of God, there are fathers who beget children, and there are children. And Jesus and Paul were both spiritual fathers. Jesus was a spiritual father to the disciples, and he begot them through the word. So the word is seed, and as Paul sows seed and had spiritual children, so Jesus preached the word, that word was seed, and it produced, like in the natural seed produces children, in the spiritual seed produces children. So Jesus begot the disciples who were his spiritual children. And he says, What Jesus did, John 13 says, that with those spiritual children that God gave him, Jesus, it says, he loved them to the end. And this is really what fathers do. He said uh, in John 13, he says, I not only have loved them, but it says Jesus, John 13, chapter 1 having loved them when he was about to depart to his father, loved them to the end. And you know, uh, what love is and what fathering is all about. I, I got this from somebody else, and I don't know who it was, but I heard it about a year ago, and I'm trying to give credit to that preacher, but I can't remember his name. But he said, fathering is, is simply loving. And loving is pouring yourself out. It is actually pouring yourself out for your, first of all, for your wife. Because Paul said when he spoke about marriage, the issue wasn't submission, ladies. The issue was love from the husband. And he said just as Christ gave himself, poured himself out for the church... So men ought to give themselves, pour themselves out for their wives and their children. And that's why the Apostle Paul 
he said, uh, at the end of his life, he described his ministry and he said, I am being, he said, I've got many spiritual children, but I'm being poured out as a drink offering. Poured out as a drink offering. And he said, this, this same man said, in 1 Corinthians, he spoke about how there are, there are natural fathers. God gives natural fathers, but God gives also spiritual fathers. And he says in 1 Corinthians 4.14, I do not write these things to shame you, my children. But though you might have 10,000 instructors, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. In other words, he preached the gospel, it was seed, and they became his children. And he said, in the kingdom of God, there are many instructors, but there are not many fathers. And the difference between an instructor and a father, an instructor is someone that will actually tell you what to do. They can tell you scriptures, but they're not invested in you. But Paul was a spiritual father because he wasn't just preaching at people. He was invested in those who got saved. And that's what a spiritual father is. He says, you've got many instructors, many teachers, many people tell you what to do. He said, but there's not many people who actually tell you and are actually invested in you. And he goes on to say, uh, I'm, the same man says, I'm, I've been poured out as a drink offering. I've given my life for these spiritual children God gave me. And my life is being poured out. Jesus says, uh, in John 15, as I started, he said, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. And right to the end, Jesus loved the disciples and he gave himself and, and poured his life out at the cross. That's what love is. It's actually pouring yourself out into others. But he said, the reason I was able to pour myself out all the way, he said, I am able to love. He says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. And this is what God wants fathers to know, is that, Fathering is loving those God has given you. It is pouring yourself out into those people. But you can only pour out as God pours into you. As the Father pours his love into me, I have poured my love into the children God gave me. And that's really what fathering is about. Fathering is about pouring your life out. For your children. And I've got a great example of that today. If you turn to, uh, I feel like God wants us to look at the book of Esther today. And, and a man who made such a difference in the life of Israel, God's people, and also in the life of this young girl called Esther. And if we haven't read the book of Esther, Esther is a book, it's about uh, how. God raised up this young girl, Esther, and she goes in and becomes, it's a long story, but she becomes the king's queen because he gets rid of the previous queen. 
previous queen only wants his goodness and doesn't honor the king, so she, he gets rid of him and calls this young girl called Esther. She becomes the queen, but she is an orphan. And Mordecai has adopted her. He has become her father. And he's raised her to be a godly girl. And so she gets into the king's palace. And while she's in the king's palace and living there, there's another character who is raised up called Haman. And Haman is he's like Hitler. He has an anti-God spirit in him. And he wants to destroy God's people. So he's in the background and he's speaking to this king. And... Uh, as he hatches a plan to destroy God's people, Esther is, she's been raised up by God. She's in the palace. She's living there and she's been placed there. She doesn't know that, but she's been placed there by God. And Haman has, has taught her uh, how to be a godly girl. And at the exact right time, she comes forth and, and basically she saves the day through a prayer and fasting. And the whole plan of, uh, of Haman, who represents Satan, is wiped out and God's people continue. And, and Haman is this young girl's spiritual father. And it's a wonderful story. Mordecai. Sorry, Mordecai. <laughs> yeah. Haman, Haman is the other guy. Uh, we, we didn't go to bed till very late last night. We were mining children. Um, but I want to just speak about the qualities of Mordecai, and how, as a father, he made such a difference in the life of these young, this young girl, and how he poured his life out in a way which God wants us to understand as fathers. It, it, it's easy to have a child, but it's not easy to be a father. Anyone can have a child. But the difference between a, just a male who has a child and a father, God is a father, and everything that God creates, he sustains. And some men can have children, but fathers don't just have them, they sustain them. They actually sustain their children by pouring their lives out to them. And it's just, so, it's just so important we talk about and we preach on the issue of fatherhood today. I read recently there's 27% of children born in this nation don't have fathers. And, and the problem when, that with, with a lot of young people, when they grow up, Jesus taught us to pray to Abba Father. And that is a term of endearment. And he says you've got to learn to relate to God not as just creator, but your father, your heavenly father. This term of indifference, you've got to go to him and know that you can just go to him freely. And when you're cleansed and, and become a child of God, you can access his blessings freely. And some people only know God as creator, but they don't know him as father. And when children don't have a father, they often, you know, young girls, they become promiscuous, not because they're naughty or dirty. But they're, they're actually out there looking for Abba. You know, they're, they're looking for Abba in a man. And even some men get into men these days because they're unfathered and they're looking for Abba. God the Father. So, so it's so important to understand fathering. And... I've digressed, but I, I want to speak about 
Mordecai, who was a great example of someone who knew God as father and was a tremendous father to his, wasn't his daughter, it was his niece. Fathers in the home today have a number of roles before God. A father, a Christian father, needs to be the priest in his home. He needs to be the prophet in his home. And he needs to be the king in his home. When I say priest, priest is someone who goes to God on behalf of others. It's about intercessing. And you see, there's a, there's a scripture that tells us Job, he, early in the mornings, he, he, he would become aware when his children, at the end of every week, he'd become aware that his children, says this in Job chapter 1, may have done some bad things during the week. So he would go and he would offer sacrifice on behalf of his children. And in the New Testament, we don't offer sacrifice on behalf of our children, but like Job, our sacrifice is intercession. And when you're a king in your own home, a man is an intercessor. You go before God on behalf of your children. That's what it is to be king in your home. So that's what it is to be priest in your home. The priest goes before God on behalf of others. He goes before God on behalf of his children. And man, it's so important that we get up and the devil wants, has got all sorts of plans for our children, but we get up and we intercede for our children. So a godly man is a priest. He's also a prophet. What does a prophet do? He speaks on God's behalf to the children. So we've got to speak the word of God into our children. And the Christian school won't do it. You can't delegate it. You can't delegate it to your wife. God says that's the, that's the man's role. You've got to speak God's word into your children in a way that they don't become rebellious and also in a way they don't become discouraged. And then your priest, your prophet, and your king. King means that you govern your home. You decide what's on the TV. You decide what's acceptable. You decide the spiritual, not, not anybody else. You, God holds a man accountable for that. So a, 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 a godly father is a priest to his household. He is a prophet to his household, and he is the king of his household. And it's so sad today because, you know, the, the, the world and our culture is trying to diminish men all the time. It's trying to diminish men, and it's trying to confuse women by saying, you know, femininity is bad, and you've got to be masculine and like a man. But God made them men and women. There is a distinction. We both have to know our roles. Back to Mordecai. He is a tremendous example of a godly man. Why? In the book, as I just said, there is a scheme, a satanic scheme hatched to wipe out God's people. And uh, one of the key men is is Mordecai. He is the key man in the book. Haman is the bad guy. Mordecai is the good guy who raises up this godly girl. And as I said earlier, Mordecai is not Esther's natural father. 
Word of God says here that in chapter 2, verse 7, Mordecai had bought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. Verse 15 says, Now when the time came for Esther, the daughter of Abigail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter. So this man could have sent this young girl, we assume her parents died. She, he could have sent her to Nineveh. Or he could have sent her back to Jerusalem to have her fathered in an orphanage, as was the, thing, uh, the tradition of the day. But this man chose to be a father. He decided to be a father. And the way godly fathers pour out their lives, I spoke about we, you know, fathers pour out, is every day... We decide, we keep deciding to be fathers. You, you, you can't just say, I'm a biological father. God has made you, you just said, priest, prophet, and king. But every day, we must have to, like Mordecai took a decision to be a father, we have to make the decision to be the father in our household, a godly father. Pouring ourselves out. For our children. How? Through intercession, through teaching the word, through governing our homes, through loving our wives. That must be a choice that we make. And we must keep deciding to be fathers. I remember there was a time early on in my ministry, I, I was working really, really hard. And I got it in my head that when I got home, someone gave me the, the, the phrase that, a man's home is his castle or something. Castle is a man's home. And I had this idea when I got home, I needed to rest. And I remember the Holy Spirit so correcting me one day. I was living in Kim Company. And he says, no, when you come home, this is where you go to work. And he said, I gave you a family before I gave you a church. And I realized it's not enough to be a father. You've got to keep being a father. Pour yourself out by choosing but continuing to be your intercessor. To be the one who's speaking the word of God. To one who's determining what is allowed in the home. You turn that TV off, turn this off. Get that music out of the house. Because you're a father. God has made you the father. And this man Mordecai chose to be a father. And... The key part in this passage is the key or the turning point in this in this book of Esther when Satan is using Haman to try to wipe out Israel. This little girl, encouraged by Mordecai, she takes a decision which is so courageous. In fact, uh, you know, her courage was the thing that led to the salvation of a nation. To give you the details, the, the, plat, the, the plot has been hatched to destroy Israel through Haman. And Mordecai says to Esther, you've got to go before the king and do something about this. Because God's put you here for this reason. And she says, I can't because uh, 
The rule is, unless he invites you and extends his scepter, the rule is anyone who goes before the king uninvited, the king kills. So Mordecai answers and says to her, uh, and, and so she says, you can't do this. And so Mordecai sends a message back to Esther when she says, I can't go in. And he says, uh, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if, if you remain completely silent this time, release and deliverance will arrive from all the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. When Esther was told this, she said, go gather everyone, get them to fast and pray for me. I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So this girl displays incredible courage. She puts her life on the line by going before this king who is tempestuous and could take her life. It's a different world back then. And she says, I, 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 I need to go and stick my pretty little neck on the line for the sake of my nation. And it's an incredible act of courage. She walks in there, not knowing whether she's going to live or die, and she puts herself on the line for the salvation of this nation. Question is, where'd she get that courage? In chapter 3, it says that after these things, kiss king, the king promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set him above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gates bowed and paid homage to Hamad. Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Why would he not bow or pay homage? Because the word of God said, you are only to bow to Jehovah. So this, 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 this father is pouring himself, we pour ourselves out, not only with our words and our, and our intercession, it's actually with our lives and our character. Because this Mordecai had the character to be courageous and stick with what God's word said when Haman, who has an antichrist agenda, an antichrist spirit, was making everybody else go against the word of God. And Haman, trying to wipe out Everybody said, everybody must bow, and everybody did bow. The Word of God says that all the king's servant who were in the gates bowed and paid homage to Haman, but Mordecai would not bow. He had it in his character that you never compromise the Word of God, and that takes courage. Courage to stand up against Antichrist agendas. And Antichrist agendas are coming. But this man had courage. And because he had courage as a father, he imparted that courage to Esther. Because that's what fathers do. When we actually live according to the word of God, and we live lives of character, you, 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 you don't, Teach character to your children by lecturing them on what the Bible says. Character is caught, it's not taught. It is imparted by who a father is. So fathers impart 
who they are to their children. And as you are laying your life down, as you're pouring yourself out, doing what the Word of God says, we impart that to our children. He imparted it to his children. And then Mordecai comes to Esther and Esther has got a great job. She has been put into the palace and she has become king's wife. She has got the best job in all of Nineveh and she's got beauty treatment. She's got servants and she's got, she's got what the world would say she's got it all. And some people just, we, we actually believe today that our role, we've done our job as fathers if we raise our children to be successful, to have good jobs, to get law degrees, to work in the bank, we've done our good job. But watch what Haman does. Sorry, watch what Mordecai does. I really must go to bed earlier. <laughs> Mordecai comes and he says to this woman who is living in the palace, she is living the dream. And he says, ha, ah, yeah, do not think in your heart that you'll escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. You, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What's he doing? He's actually saying to her, this is actually... A father being a prophet, he's actually calling forth her kingdom destiny. And he's saying, yes, you're successful, but worldly success is not the point. Fathers don't settle for worldly success. He says, you've got the job, but success is accomplishing the kingdom purpose within the job. And he calls her out to her kingdom purpose. That's what fathers do. They challenge the children to find out what their kingdom purpose is for God. They don't, they don't just desire their children to be successful. Mordecai says, Esther... There is a purpose in God which is bigger than self and sometimes requires you to put self on the line. And this is what fathers do. They challenge our children to discover their kingdom purpose, not to just get that great job. I know so many fathers, even pastors, who've raised their children and think they're successful because their kids are earning lots of money. Has the kid become something in the kingdom of God? Has the king, kid discovered who he is in God? Has the king discovered he's calling? Because we all have one. Mordecai is a great father because he allows Esther to discover the kingdom purpose within the job. And he calls her into it. He says... Uh-uh, it's not just about you becoming queen. This is, God knew this was going to happen. And you're here for a purpose. And what's required for you is to put your skinny little leg on the line 
That's God's destiny for you. That's God's calling for you. That's why you were made. God's been shaping you for this for years. And fathers are able to see that in their children. They're able to see who they are. They're able to see where God's taking them. They're able to see what the calling of God is on their life. And they call their children into that. They don't settle for the big job, the big house, and the fancy car. So we call our kids up to discover their kingdom destiny. You know your child has a kingdom destiny? If your child's born again, God has made that child with a purpose. Fathers are the ones that help the child walk into that purpose. Then all through this book, there's this word, the young woman, Esther, in chapter 2, verse 9, obtained favor. It says again in, uh, in chapter fi- verse 15 of chapter 2, Esther obtained favor in the sight of all her s- who saw her. And then it says, when she did put her neck on the line, it was when the king saw Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. So Mordecai had taught this girl how to find favor and how to access favor. And the king extended the scepter and instead of destroying her, the king saved her and brought her to a feast. Now, who is our king? It is Jesus. And because we're washed in his blood, he doesn't, we are not under his wrath anymore, but we are now brought into his family and we are his favored children. And we have we have ability to access blessings. And Mordecai taught Esther how to access favor. Favor isn't fair. But if you are a believer, God doesn't think about you and treat you like he does the rest of the world. You are one of his children. We are one of his children. And we are one of his favored children. That's why the Bible says you can come boldly to the throne And ask freely. You can ask anything in the name of Jesus. And if it's according to the will, he will do it. Have we taught our children how to ask blessings and favor by going to the throne in prayer? King extended the scepter. Christ has washed his king clean with his blood. But not just that. He has favor. You know, Ruth, her, her life went, if you look at the book of Ruth, it's a... It's a wonderful story. It's about a woman's life who begins in tragedy and ends in triumph. She loses her husband, but she ends up marrying the dream. You know what the whole book is about? The whole book is about it all happened because she received favor from her kinsman redeemer. Boaz, you have a kinsman redeemer who brought you back from the kingdom of darkness with his blood. His name's Jesus, and you need to believe for favor from your kinsman redeemer. So... Mordecai was a father because he taught his child how to go in and encouraged his child to how to go in and access 
blessings, accessed the king's blessings for herself. You know, you, God wants to, he says, every spiritual blessing is yours. But if we don't know how to access them, they're given, but we can't take them. So we're going to teach our children to go in and to take the blessings by faith because we have already obtained favor. Favor is unmerited blessings. So she obtained favor from the king. You know when you have favor from the king. Esther went in. The king extended the scepter. She obtained favor. Next day he threw a feast and invited her. But also, the plan to destroy all of Israel and all of the family of God was supernaturally, providentially reversed. That's what favor is. You know, if you've read the book, when Haman's about to destroy Israel, the king has a dream. And, and basically in the dream, he discovers that Mordecai years ago had done something really good. He'd saved the king's life. So the king issues a decree and says, I want to bless this man Mordecai. And anyway, anyway, Haman gets enraged and the whole thing turns around. Haman has prepared gallows to hang Mordecai. He wants to hang him because he hates him so much. But in the end, Haman is hung on the gallows he prepared for Mordecai. So part of God's favor is, is seeing the supernatural interventions of God complete, continually frustrating the plans that Satan has for you. But we need to know how to access that favor. So here she was, this beautiful girl who was taken by Mordecai and he chose to be her father. And it says here that in verse 10, when she was in the king's palace, she obtained favor, but Mordecai did not reveal her people to the family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. So Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And one of the things that fathers do for their children is teaching our children how to be obedient and to be discreet. And that's one of the things I think today she had not revealed it for Mordecai had told her not to. Fathers have to not only love their children and lay their lives down for their children, but fathers need to bring their children into obedience to them. And you know, uh, I spoke about speaking, about Jesus said at the start, if you go back to John 15, Jesus said, he said, 
As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love if you keep my commandments. So he speaks about, I abide in my Father's love and I've loved my spiritual children. Now obey my commandments. So he only speaks about obedience to commandments after he speaks about experiencing love. And what I'm saying is to fathers, if you, you need to teach your children to obey you and the Word of God. But if you don't know how to lay your life down and love them, and you just tell them and you shout at them, they'll never obey the Word of God. Obedience, obedience is made easy when there is love. Jesus never said, obey my commandments before he spoke about love. Another place he said, if you love me, you'll obey me. That he, what he was saying, he was saying that if you understand how much I love you, if you live in my love, that you, you'll always obey me because you won't want to lose that love and you won't do things to compromise that love. So Mordecai taught this girl that she needed to be obedient to him. She needed to be obedient to God. You can't be your, children, your, your children's friends. You've got to be their fathers, and fathers have to teach their children obedience. But as I said, obedience is only, it only works teaching it in the context of love. So this Mordecai, he was a good father. He is a great example for us on Father's Day. If you study the book of Esther, he is a great example. And in the end, God blesses his socks off him. He gets everything. He gets all of Haman's property in the end. And God promotes him. Uh, sorry, the king promotes him. And uh, he gets this tremendous job. And he gets all the wealth that, that Haman had. And uh, it's a reward for his diligence as a father. But one of the things I think is really relevant for us today is that before Esther became a, a queen... She had to go through these beauty preparations. So for a whole year, she had to have these beauty preparations. And when the 12 months of preparation was complete, it's in chapter 2, verse 3. After that, the, the, the preparations were complete, one of the women from the harem went in to the king, and the one that pleased him was the one that became queen. And this was Esther. But Mordecai helped in preparing and sending her into the palace, and he'd instructed her over the years, and he'd helped in preparing her to meet the king. And when, it says, the king met Esther, he loved her more than all the other women, and verse 17, chapter 2 says, King found, loved Esther more than all the other women. She obtained grace and favor in his sight, more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants. So Mordecai had trained Esther to beautify herself in in order to meet this king, receive favor from this king, and have a feast with this king. And this king, she found grace and favor in his sight. 
And what you have to understand as fathers, the most important role that we have as fathers. This is what I want to say this Father's Day. The most important role you have. Your children have a date. Your children will have a date. One day, they are going to meet Jesus. If they're saved, they're going to meet Jesus. And our role is to prepare. Mordecai, uh, Esther was beautified. She was prepared to meet the king. Twelve months of preparation. You couldn't just go and meet the king any old way. And when she found favor and grace, he brought her to a feast. Now, we are going to meet the king of kings because we found favor and grace. But there needs to be a preparation. She beautified herself, and we're going to tell, teach our children. They need to prepare themselves. They need to beautify their lives. They need to take the Word of God. They need to clean things up as the Holy Spirit enables them. But they need to know that one day Jesus is coming again, and he's going to take his bride to the wedding feast. He's going to rapture the church, his true bride, and he's going to bring them to a feast. And this is the season when all God's people need to be prepared. The most important thing about your children is that they are prepared for the rapture to meet the king and the wedding feast. That's what Mordecai did. He made sure this daughter of his was prepared, truly prepared, to meet the king. He made a feast. I want to say to his fathers today, it's, it's not easy being a father. You, you, you are pouring your life out. It, it, it's, it's a continual, as the father has loved me, I've loved them. It's a, love is just a continual pouring out of your life, as Mordecai poured his light out for Esther. It's a continual pouring out. That's what it is. Continuing to pour out your life and the Word of God to discipline your kids. Continuing to pour out your life and instructing your kids to be ready for Christ's return. And continuing pouring your life out to teach your kids about favor and how to go in and access the throne of God and blessings from Jesus. Continuing to teach them that. Continuing to make sure that your character is good and you're imparting good character to your children. That's <coughs> all that is just loving them and pouring your life into them. And I want to say to you, you know, you can't pour your life out for your, for your wife. You can't pour your life out for your children if you yourself are empty. Sometimes we feel empty. So where do you go if you're empty? You've you got to pour yourself out. Paul said, my life is poured out as a drink offering. I go back to where I started. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I have loved you. As the Father continues to pour his love into me, I'm able to pour my love into you. Jesus didn't have a physical father. The Bible doesn't say, but Joseph Seemed to, he either died or he left early. 
So he didn't have a father pouring into him. He didn't have a physical father pouring into him so he could pour out into others. But what he did get, what he lacked from a physical father, he was able to get from God, his heavenly father. As the father has loved me, I also have loved you. As God has poured his love into my heart, I'm able to continue to pour myself out for my children. That's what it's all about. And that's what we've, all, we, 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 that's what we've got to know. how to, Because, as I said, fathering is about pouring yourself out. And you can't pour yourself out if you're empty. What a father needs to know, he needs to know how to constantly go and get himself filled up with God's love. Where to go, go to the throne of God and, and have his heart filled up constantly with the love of God. As the Father has loved me, I can love you. In the same portion the Father loves me, I can love you. So, Mordecai, we just know, he wasn't a selfish man. He's a great father because he poured out his life for this young girl. And we know in order to do that, he must have been so connected to the heavenly father. This is what I say to the men today who are fathers. Well done. It is not easy being a father. It is not easy pouring yourself out. But well done. And what I would say to fathers is get a revelation, understand the great honor God has given you because he's a father. He is a father who poured out everything for you and I in the giving of his son. But I encourage you just to finish. Keep being a father. Mordecai wasn't a father, but he chose to be a father. And we have to choose every day to continue to pour my life out for others. To pour myself out for my wife and my children. Do those things that in the natural maybe I wouldn't want to do. Maybe I'm too tired to do, but pour myself, continue to speak the word of God, continue to govern my household as God said, continue to speak God's word to them, continue to intercede for my family, continue, choose to continue to be the father of my house every day, to continue, never underestimate the character, the courage you display. Because what your character is, you're imparting to your children. And continue to look at your children as a father. God has given them to you specifically. And like Mordecai did for Esther, don't just try to make them into a success, a worldly success. Study them. Look at what God is doing in their life. Is she an evangelist? Is she a missionary? 
Is she someone who's a servant? Should she be a nurse? Should she be a doctor? What is her kingdom calling? What is his kingdom purpose? And speak and prophesy and call that forth from your children, as Mordecai did for Esther. Who knows, but you're born for this hour. This is why God created you, Esther. Look at your children. Figure out, pray about, why did God create them? Who are they in? What is their kingdom purpose? And finally, pour yourself out by teaching them, showing them, demonstrating them how to go to the throne of God and obtain blessing and favor. Because so many believers, we don't know, the, the scepter has been extended to us. The blessings have been given. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is ours. But we need to take them. We need to go and access and believe for favor from the king. That's what this man did for his daughter. He did it for her. And you know, as I said before, this man, he did a lot of things for many years that nobody saw, nobody acknowledged. He could have sent Esther away, but he chose to be a father. Nobody saw that. Nobody saw him sowing his character into her life. Nobody saw all the other things, all the teaching that he did. But you know, there came a day where the king had a dream. And everything that was unseen but done for God was acknowledged and rewarded. And I want to tell you, fathers, God is the same today. He's going to do the same for you. Amen? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that there are many fathers here today. And you have given us all this great privilege. And Father, we, as we pour out into the lives of our wives and our children, those around us, Father, we know that we need you to pour daily into us. So, Father, for every man here, particularly every man here who may feel empty, Father God, I'm asking that you would so pour your love into that man. You would so pour your love into his heart. He would be so filled with your love that he could pour out himself for his children, for his wife. He could continue to lay his life down. Father, I thank you that everything that is done, that is hard, but is according to your word and your will, you see it, and you're a rewarder of those who seek you. Thank you, Father God, for not only the fathers, but for the children that you're raising up through the fathers. We give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you and have a wonderful day at lunch.